And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Here on Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we have been fortunate to review many intriguing and fascinating books on topics involving Jews, Ukrainians, and their interactions. Two years ago, I decided to compile several of them for a summer reading list. Since then, we've reviewed eight more outstanding books, so I thought I'd do it again this year. In the last episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, part one of our 2020 reading list featured four books— Dave Terrace, The King of Klezmer by Yale Strom, which chronicles the life and work of a Ukrainian-born man who became known as the Benny Goodman of Klezmer. Jews and Ukrainians, A Millennium of Coexistence by Paul Robert Magotchi and Johannin Petrovsky-Stern, which provides a comprehensive historical account of the relationship between Jews and ethnic Ukrainians. Babinyar, History and Memory is dedicated to the commemoration of the 75th anniversary of Babinyar, a scenic area once known as the Switzerland of Kiev that has become a global symbol of the Holocaust. And A Journey Through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914. This book is based on a traveling exhibition that examined the history and interactions of these two peoples living side by side on Ukrainian lands. Today, in Part 2, four more books. Much has been written about Nazi concentration camps, but little has been written about the Nazi massacre of Jews on Ukrainian soil and the peasants who witnessed these horrific events. Three books published in the early part of this century make a good start at beginning to fill that gap. Two of these books were written by a Roman Catholic priest— Father Patrick Dubois has devoted his life to researching the Holocaust, fighting anti-Semitism, and furthering relations between Catholics and Jews. In 2008, Father Dubois published The Holocaust by Bullets, a priest's journey to uncover the truth behind the murder of 1.5 million Jews. It describes how Nazi mobile killing units, called the Einsatzgruppen, murdered more than a million people in Eastern Europe during World War II. This book documents Father Dubois' very first efforts to uncover the truth about events in Ukraine during the years 1941 to 1944. After discovering that his grandfather had been a prisoner of war and witnessed mass murders of Jews, Dubois decided he needed to seek justice for these people. He traveled through Ukraine, interviewing aging witnesses who described the horrific massacre of Jews. Dubois is a masterful writer who captures the imagination and draws readers into his experiences. His sense of justice for those who cannot speak for themselves is compelling. A decade later, he published a sequel titled In Broad Daylight, The Secret Procedures Behind the Holocaust by Bullets. It continues the gruesome narrative, explaining how Jews were killed in broad daylight with the cooperation of their non-Jewish neighbors. Dubois writes with both clarity and purpose, drawing even reluctant readers into a narrative about man's inhumanity to man and the process behind it. In Broad Daylight is a very difficult book to read, but at the same time, it is an important addition to the history of the Holocaust. Father Patrick Dubois' two books, Holocaust by Bullets and In Broad Daylight, provide a stark and very necessary reminder that we need to learn from history so that these events will never be repeated. 
In his book, Hitler's Basement, Ron Vossler reveals the little-known story of the Nazi murder of thousands of Jews in a region of Ukraine called Transnistria. Vossler's relatives came from this area. These people were known as the Volksdeutsch, a German minority living outside Germany. His search for the truth about the events of these massacres and the role of the Volksdeutsch is the core of this book. Ron Vossler was a literature professor in North Dakota when he became interested in the murders of Jews in the Transnistria area. As a young person, he knew very little about these events because no one ever talked about them in North Dakota. However, the Volksdeutsch culture and history were very important in the community. After a visit to his elderly Volksdeutsch relatives in California, Vossler became aware of a very close family connection to a famous Nazi. At first, Vossler does not want to face his community's connections to the Holocaust. However, he soon became obsessed with learning the truth about the past. His obsession took him on a trip to Ukraine, where his research revealed not only extensive evidence of Volksdeutsch involvement in the Jewish massacres, but also the involvement of his own family members. Hitler's Basement is a heartbreaking but intensely compelling book. The details are graphic, with descriptions of ovens, bone fragments, rapes, and massive shootings. There are stories of Volksdeutsch villagers sheltering Jews and saving them, but also stories of young Volksdeutsch men participating in the mass murders. This very personal memoir is an important addition to the historical record about the open-air holocaust of the Jews by the Nazis in Ukraine, which Father Patrick Desbois wrote about. The Sea is Only Knee-Deep is the true story of Paulina Zalitsky's defection to Canada from the Soviet Union with her two young children in 1971. Paulina's story begins in Cuba in 1968. She is part of the engineering team designing a top-secret submarine base for Soviet nuclear submarines. Told in two volumes, this fascinating true-life story explores many topics, including Stalin's final years, Fidel Castro's Cuba, and the dangers of defecting. Paulina does not shy away from describing the complex political realities of life in the Soviet Union. Her home city of Odessa is full of beautiful buildings and talented people. However, the constant fear of Soviet repression rules their lives. Children are forced to denounce their parents for any supposed anti-Soviet activity, resulting in arrest and punishment in a gulag prison camp. Beginning with her birth in 1945 in post-war Odessa, Paulina's Jewish family is subjected to constant scrutiny by the KGB. Despite the death of her mother from Stalin's imposed famine of 1946-47, Paulina is an optimistic child who loves difficult tasks. Jokingly, adults tell her, to you, any sea is only knee-deep. This Odessan motto, which is the title of the book, becomes a powerful tool in her life. Paulina manages to keep a low profile and stay out of politics. Despite many obstacles, she skillfully uses the Soviet system to study engineering at the National Marine University of Odessa, where she meets her future husband, Eduardo, a Cuban citizen. A few years later, they and their two children are sent to Cuba to work under the Castro regime. As Volume 1 ends, Paulina narrowly escapes being raped by her superior, who then proceeds to make life difficult for her. 
she must decide whether to face the dire consequences or defect from the Soviet Union with her children. Her choice was clear, but very dangerous. In Volume 2 of The Sea is Only Knee-Deep, Paulina continues the harrowing story of her defection to Canada. She must divorce her husband, Eduardo, to cut her connection to Cuba. All her plans depend on traveling by air to Gander, Newfoundland. When she reaches Gander, she runs across the tarmac with two small children to reach safety. After a grueling immigration process, Paulina is granted asylum in Canada. There is a great deal of technical detail about Paulina's top-secret engineering work on the nuclear submarine base in Cuba, which was the cause of the undisclosed second Cuban Missile Crisis, beginning in 1969. Paulina also describes Cuban life during the 1960s and gives readers insight into Fidel Castro's idiosyncratic leadership style. Readers will experience the terror that Paulina experienced in her defection process, as well as her precarious situation in Soviet Ukraine and later in Cuba. Her strength of character comes through clearly in her highly descriptive, candid and clearly written autobiography. These two self-published volumes by Paulina Zalitsky and her second husband, Paul Weinzweig, provide an interesting look at rarely discussed historical aspects of the Soviet Union, Cuba, and Canada. All eight books of the 2020 Summer Reading List can be found on the Nasholus blog. Transcripts and audio files of this and previous episodes of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are at the Nasholus website. They'll include links to interviews done with the authors of several of these books on separate episodes of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Just check the tab on the menu bar. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom and happy reading. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.